Welcome to Lay of the Brand, a podcast where we sit down with the experts on the latest innovations in marketing, creative, and PR, and the way all these disciplines are revolutionizing how the tech industry communicates and sells to the world. Merit Group Senior Strategist Richard Sheehy. This time on Lay of the Brand, we're very honored to be joined by Amber Allman for a discussion on corporate branding in the face of disruption and innovation. Amber is Vice President of Corporate Events and Communication at Gannett, home of the USA Today Networks and the nation's largest newspaper publisher. Her more than 20 years in PR and marketing also includes having served previously as Head of Global Public Affairs at Yahoo, and she has led PR efforts for organizations ranging from the American Red Cross to Chase Financial, as well as a host of internet startups in Silicon Valley. Amber Allman, thank you so much for being here. It's a real pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I've really admired your work in all these different capacities over over the years. And and one of the things that's, that's exciting for me is that what I've seen is you bring to your work a real sense of coherence and strategy. And it's <laughs> I'm true. glad it seems that way to you. <laughs> it's true. And it's, and it's so important for branding. And I think what's really, really interesting to me is the organization you're at now, Gannett. Yeah. Uh, you know, in our setup, we talked about branding amid disruption, sort of branding amid disruption and innovation. Yeah. And those two, either one would be yeah. pretty tough, but it seems like you're just right in the middle of it, <laughs> uh, you know, given the nature of your work and the nature of your company, yeah. the history um, so I'd like to sort of talk through some of that. Like maybe starting with the disruption part of it with sure. newspaper industry, publishing. I mean, you've been at, in this role for several years. It just must be quite a balancing act to sort of get this fairly unified corporate identity, even as the entire publishing industry yeah. is shifting. Yeah. And at the same time, you're not just one newspaper, but a whole consortium of newspapers who had all their own individual identities sometimes right. for a century or more. So how right. do you how do you go about doing it? Ah, uh, um it's it's tough, but it, it's a lot of fun. It's a great ride and I think one thing that I've kind of cultivated uh, throughout my career has gotten to this place of changing perceptions and pulling out some of the really great stories that might be hiding under rocks for a company or a brand. Um, and Gannett was definitely in that camp. And so I spent most of my career doing tech PR. And prior to this was at Yahoo, where they were going through an identity crisis. Are we a tech company or a media company? And um, when I think I'd had enough of that roller coaster, somebody said, well, how about Gannett and USA Today, which, um, you know, those of us who were born and raised in this area, well, in the United States, quite frankly, um, it was Internet news before there was Internet. I mean, they were breaking um, barriers and doing things in a very innovative, different way for an industry that had done things the same way for an incredibly long time. Um so that was intriguing. There's that. And then, so Akinet, you have this really unique story, this cohesion that you mentioned. You have this national brand in USA Today that has always had this innovative nature. And then you have these amazing legacy brands that have been around some for more than 100 years. Um, and the first thing that I had to crack was well, what you have mentioned. It's a newspaper company, but they did not want to be seen as a newspaper company. They wanted to be seen as what they had really become, which was truly a media powerhouse and marketing solutions organization mm -hmm. and brand. Um, so that was one big nut to crack. Another was telling those innovative stories and, and talking about all the cool things they were doing with emerging technology that had just kind of 
not been told. Those stories hadn't really been found. They'd been going on quietly within the organization. And then lastly, um, to tie all of it together was something that I saw as a really unique differentiator as a storyteller, which is taking that national brand and connecting it with all of these local properties. And as a business, we all kind of together had decided, wow, this is something really unique. And this could become a network and a differentiator that Mm -hmm. most other publishing assets out there didn't have. I like what you say there, a national brand, local properties. Yeah. And, and so to me, with the secret sauce, it's got to be something to do with sort of reconciling that national brand with the local properties, right. the prestige that goes along with right. that, having there be a coherent identity, even as the entire yeah. landscape is shifting. Yeah. So was there, uh, were you sort of trying to do all these things concurrently <laughs> or like dealing with the technology and the products versus the legacy identity or is, and, and really sort of. The nexus of all of that is, I think you mentioned storytelling, which yeah. is something that we always talk about. Yeah. Um, so how did you integrate and synthesize all these different things? Yeah. So so for me as a PR practitioner, I, I see the u- uniqueness and what you can tell, right? And right away, you have this unique attribute in this network. And you're absolutely right. It's pulling together the innovation of where USA Today started and the uniqueness of this brand and what they had to offer and how they did news making and distribution in a very different way. And then it's being able to have these amazing legacy brands that are so tied to core journalism and, you know, take pride in doing that job in all the right ways. Mm-hmm. And so marrying the two of those, you know, it's amazing that we we continue to tout and our journalists continue to strive for the utmost of, you know, do, doing journalism in all the right ways. Um, being the place of storytelling, um, information, gathering and distribution, um, empowering and activating communities. So mm-hmm. that's huge. Um, and you get to marry that with a really cool brand that started and was created out of innovation. So it's like, wait a minute, don't forget about that part. And then you go and you start to look around the company and you find these cool stories about you know, we were the first brand to do storytelling in virtual reality. And then you quickly have to decide, well, wait a minute, we can't rest our laurels there. What's next? Augmented reality. So, you know, you find all these really cool emerging technology stories that are going on and you tell them. And then, oh, by the way, <laughs> as you well know, <laughs> you can't just talk to yourself. So for a long time, the company was very used to telling their story to reporters and outlets that only covered their industry. Um, and I came in and having this tech background, I quickly was able to say, well, wait a minute, let's expand the network here. You know, if we've got these emerging technology stories and these cool things happening in the digital landscape, let's go talk to tech publications and, you know, consumer gadget pubs. Mm-hmm. If we've got um, this whole side of marketing solutions and we're doing really creative things there for brands and find ways to advertise on our cool playground, let's go tell stories to Advertising Week and marketing publications and, and all kinds of outlets on that front. So. So I would imagine that so much, a, a lot of the the subjects that we deal here on the on the podcast, a lot of times, corporate culture becomes a very yeah. important vector for actually making Huge. it happen. <laughs> yeah, because you can have fin- finance, you can have strategy, you can have infrastructure. But at the end of the day, yeah. you really have to have not just that identity permeating out to the you know your targets and partners and potential customers, but it's got to resonate internally right. throughout the organization. Right. How do you um, you know speaking of the pride and the history yeah. and how do you sort of leverage the, that that legacy identity and pride? in a way that 
that sort of serves that large, like the cohesion across the corporate culture. Yeah. Sort of talk through that. Well, a handful of years ago, we we did split um, our, our company into two parts and one went off and they were the local broadcast assets. And then, you know, again, me being a storyteller, I saw the cool cohesion and story opportunity behind this network. Um, so what does this network create? That's our main product. It's, it's journalism. It's news. And so I think instantly you have this connection to the pride and the people and the talent that are creating this product for their consumers, right? And then you got to marry it with the other side of the business. What what is the part that hopefully is keeping the lights on and keeping paychecks coming? And that is the marketing solution side and allowing brands to have a really cool place to come. So there has to be a connection there with, you know, taking pride and wow, we've got some amazing journalists and we win Pulitzer Prizes and all kinds of awards every year. And that's really important because it keeps the eyeballs coming and it mm-hmm. keeps our consumers engaged. And if we've got lots of eyeballs that are engaged in our product, then that helps brands naturally come and say, wow, this is a place that we want to, we want to tap into your audience. Yeah. So how did, so t- let's talk about the technology side of it yeah. now. How do you sort of on an on ongoing basis infuse technology and innovation, not only in what you do, but in how... I think we talked about external audiences, but also, again, these internal yeah. audiences, maybe there's newspaper vets who's, you know, some of these new technologies may be a little different or new. Yeah. How do you sort of infuse the technology part into into the equation? Uh, you know, I, I think internally, yes, it's it's getting legacy folks excited about, you know, like if, if all you're concerned about and prioritizing is a print platform, well, you're you're going to be challenged and you're probably going to be out of a job. So <laughs> that, that's one right. way to convince folks really quickly to come on board. We'll see you at the museum lobby somewhere. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that that's a pretty convincing factor to get them moving along and forward looking. And then, um, you know, our company, and, and I don't take great credit in this, but I love to tell this story, of course, our company has done an amazing job of creating creating mentorships and programs where, you know, if you have some, uh, you know, uh, amazing up-and-comers that are super savvy with social media or they're super savvy with telling storytelling in an emerging technology like augmented reality, well, then let's hold workshops and let's spread the wealth a little bit and get more people excited about that. And you'd be really surprised, you know, this old dog, new tricks thing. Like, we've got a lot of folks who are um, legacy reporters who it, it's it's you know, mind blowing to see them go from just one platform to just incredibly thriving across all kinds of platforms and thinking about new ways that, you know, an originator might not have thought about. So, so let's talk about the, the, the new ways and maybe innovating something new. And I like the fact that, you know, you've advised lots of different startups and, you know, there's all sorts of risks to a startup, but one of the benefits is that you're usually operating maybe at a scale where you can implement quickly. You can sort of pilot something, Um, whereas at Gannett, I mean, we're talking about a very large organization and there's issues of scalability. Um, and I I see more and more companies realizing that even at a large scale, they need to sort of develop more, you know, agile, less waterfall driven approaches to trying to try something out, like piloting something in the finance department, let's say, and uh, democratizing that success, you know, and sort of sharing, you know, the best practices. So, you know, against that backdrop, when you think of a new kind of technology or maybe a new channel or a new uh, way to use a channel, mm-hmm. how do you think through maybe where to pilot something, maybe who to start with, maybe <laughs> yeah. what kind of internal partners might be mo- most receptive? Maybe there's even an example or just even in general, how do you go about you know, working in some new innovation and then trying to sort of spread that yeah. throughout the organization. 
Yeah, I think one of the best examples on doing storytelling around what the company is doing on that front is um, and how we approach virtual reality. And this was, you know, truly this wonky set of folks. I I say wonky because I'm sure that's how they were considered to this, you know, corporate environment, Um, you know sitting in a corner trying to figure this out and knowing that this was something really cool and, um, you know, having all different kinds of mindsets come, you know, it wasn't just folks who were legacy journalists, but you've got some amazing tech folks. I mean, I, I take great pride in saying, you know, it was the cool things that we're, we were doing brought somebody who had had a lifelong dream of working at Lucas and chose our company over Lucas because he saw mm-hmm. the cool things that we were doing on emerging tech. But when we had a story to tell and we had something that was about to launch, um, you know, everybody was like, well, of course, we will, t- we will talk to ourselves. We will talk to editor and publisher. We will talk to Pointer and all these outlets that um, cover the news industry. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, you know, they're going to cover this anyway, but we got to figure out something um, really unique and how we're going to get this out here. And, you know, even still, but certainly when it was first starting, virtual reality um, was a technology that required a pretty heavy build on a laptop. You know, you had to have the goggles and all the cool accoutrement to go with it. So you're like, who's going to have this equipment at their hands? Not not journalists or reporters that cover the news industry, but gamers. And so I took a big risk (laughs) in going out to gaming reporters and demoing, um, you know, these experiences with them. And it actually worked really well because it gave us a little street cred as, you know, the story kind of trickled along with different types of reporters. So then it got to, you know, kind of techie digital geek reporters. And they were like, okay, well, this is interesting. And the way that gaming reporters had talked about it and could explain it to them if they weren't able to see it firsthand. And it kind of trickled its way out. And then, of course, if you're, you know, covering the news industry and something like this on emerging tech is coming out, you think it's super cool too. So, of course, you're going to yeah, cover that's it. Really, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. You know, because you're you're trying to sell your credentials on this particular initiative on, on both the, the the product but the technology the vector yeah. for that and it's yeah. almost like rather than starting with hey everybody who are you, all you news junkies here's how to understand the technology you said start with the people who already who know understand, yeah. understand the technology yeah, yeah. Uh, how did that come to you? Did you just like, was there market research in there? Or was that just like, uh, you know? Well, I, I think it comes from years of being in Silicon Valley and, and you know, kind of thinking to, okay, well, you know, there, there's that and kind of knowing who might have the equipment to actually do this. But then, um, you know, I'll mix in having a teenage boy who was a big gamer <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, then kind of pull, pull that along to, you know, the the old 101 of know who your audience is and, and know where, where you got to tell this and how you got to tell it. So sticking with this analogy for a second, uh, this example, actually, especially because you're at a large organization, yeah. you have a great idea. How much, oh. <laughs> like how much buy-in did you need to like, like how were you able to sort of try, were you able to try it on a certain limited scale? How did you generally speaking, strike that balance between experimenting and getting, you know, organizational buy-in and, and getting the best of both sides of that. Uh, well, for, for for telling the story, it was, uh, you know, once I got buy-in from the emerging tech team, the guys who were creating this, and they were like, yeah, I, yeah, I got gotcha. you. You're, you're on, you get us. Um, I think that helped. And I think then from there, it was a little more of ask for forgiveness afterwards if it doesn't work out. And then, by the way, we can always go back to our tried and true and kind of tell the story from that front. But... Um, it, it worked out. So <laughs> C- 
come back to me when one doesn't work out, and I'll tell you how that. Well, I think out. that might be a while because uh, you know, Hopefully. again, we're pretty impressed with uh, the the stuff you've done, and oh, and you thanks. know, with that with that in mind, you know, this is for folks who are you know in marketing or operations or even CEOs who are listening, yeah, uh, who not only are on board, maybe want to try to innovate, but they've got to figure out how to do it. Yeah. So just by way of wrapping up for a few minutes, maybe we could sort of talk about a few tips and maybe I'll, I'll sort of touch on some of the things we talked about and maybe you could sort of distill, you know, a piece of advice or, you know, for, right. for folks who are listening. So number one on the, it sounds like we talked about when piloting something new, look for folks who may have a very similar need. Um, are there any uh, departments or parts of the organization that are easier mm-hmm. to work with on piloting innovation as opposed to maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think the easy answer is the guys who are innovating are, are usually very happy to have your help in promoting the work they do. And I have found that that is absolutely the case. And they are thrilled when they get a PR practitioner or a storyteller who understands or is at least willing to understand. Um, So that certainly helps. And then, uh, you know, I think when it gets to an executive level, it helps immensely that, um, you know, across the board, our executive team had decided, like, we're in on this. This is this is going to help be a differentiator and we're going for it. And, and we can be a front runner here and we can do it in a way that really legitimizes it across the industry because we thankfully do have that um, a plus journalism standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helps, but then I'll put a plug for the, uh, you know, corporate communicators out there that it also helps to have a seat at the table. It's, it's amazing when you're a part of that executive leadership team and, um, you can add that filter and perspective to the conversation. And, um, you know, sometimes it might just take a, a quick tweak across the board to help the business tell the story better um, and re- and really get the word out there. How about metrics in terms of justifying ROI, yeah. things like that? Um, does a lot of that, does how much of that comes before and how much of it comes from capturing, you know, uh, the, the, the results, anything? To- uh, you know, I think earned media is always challenged with metrics. Um, it, it, um, it would always be amazing to have more um, and have the resources to get more. Um, but I think we've been um, pretty tied to showing the number of eyeballs that we reach when we do storytelling. And of course the, the tone and sentiment of um, the type of coverage that we get. And then it's also really helpful to show the uh, dollar value that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do a lot of recap around share of voice. You know, you always get, oh, well, our competitor over here is doing so much better on telling their innovation story or the competitor over here. So it's always great to be able to say, let me show you a pie chart where we're actually miles ahead of <laughs> both of those guys. So, you know, it gives you a little bit of credibility in, um, in a discipline that sometimes can be a, a little gray area. <laughs> and then I guess the last question is like once, let's say, you and the strategy team and the folks who are really thinking through on the, through the strategic communications lens and you have a story and you, you feel good about it and it comes time to really, you know, sharing it and getting, you know, a buy-in through mm-hmm. across the workforce. Any advice on, you know, sort of getting that story and getting buy-in from a, what could be a very diverse workforce in all sorts of ways, you know, in terms of experiences, job situation, how do, how do, how do you get people on all the same page with the story? Yeah, I, I think you said it right there on the same page is, is the biggest part of it. And I think, um, you know, anybody who does external and internal communications, um, you know, your employees can be your best brand ambassadors, or they can be out there completely unarmed or, you know, at the other end of the spectrum, 
with negative intent. So um, I would much rather have great brand ambassadors that are armed to tell the stories that we're sharing, about to share, <laughs> or want to share. Um, so I think it's great to have vehicles to um, just as quickly as you're sharing something with the outside world, um, make sure it's also news to, you know, I mean, your employees are one of your biggest, proudest audiences. So let, let make, them in on yes, the excitement. Make sure you're sharing it with them too. <laughs> yeah. And we have the added challenge that we are a news organization and journalists are quite savvy with that kind of stuff. So we have to be very careful in the parallel and timing of things. But um, I mean, absolutely, you know, give them the tools to, to share the message as well. All right. Well, Amber Allman, thanks so much for being here. It's been a real, real pleasure talking to you. Amber Allman is Vice President of Corporate Events and Communication at Gannett, which is the home of USA Today Networks and the nation's largest newspaper publisher. You've been listening to Lay of the Brand, brought to you by the Merit Group, a strategic communications firm that blends the best of PR, digital marketing, and creative to help our clients tell their stories. Lay of the Brand's executive producer is Melissa Chadwick. Francesca Ella Trash is our producer and showrunner. And our assistant producers are Jonathan Schubert and Jessica Chapeau. Graphic design by Haley Baumgartner. Got a topic or suggestion? You want to share feedback with Lay of the Brand? We would love to hear from you. Just subscribe to this podcast on your preferred listening platform and leave us a review. Spread the word. Tell your friends to like us as well. And to learn more about the Merit Group, check out layofthebrand.com. I'm Richard Sheehy. See you next time.